Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. Uh, Let's also remember to pray for Israel. Let's pray for the Middle Eastern war that's going on right now. But let's pray for Israel as we stand boldly with them in this time. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord is fighting with them and for them even in this conflict. I want us to pray for our country. I want us to pray for our country that there would be a, a... a nationwide revival. God is stirring from the conflict in Israel. God is stirring up a hunger all across North America right now. And I just believe that there will be a revelation of the name of Jesus that will spread through every denomination, every church, and that the baptism of the Holy Ghost would be preached, taught, and received. And we literally can bring about this last end time revival, this wave that's gonna sweep this country and this world before the great getting up out of here, before the rapture of the church. Hallelujah. How many believe there's more that need to be born again of the water and the spirit? Hallelujah. You got people on your prayer list. You got people, you've got children, you've got prodigals that need to come into the ark of safety. Why don't we right now just lift our voices and take these needs before the Lord? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm asking you upon the authority of your word that you would reach down right now and begin to minister to every spoken need that has already been called out, the names that have been called. I pray in Jesus' name that there would be an unction, there would be a touch, Lord, that would sweep this place. Lord, I feel your presence. I feel your strength tonight. Lord, be with us. Be with this service. Let your word go forth in free course. Let it fall as seed upon good ground. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody say amen. Hallelujah. Before you're seated, why don't you turn around and greet someone in the house of the Lord. And let them know how glad you are to see them tonight on this chilly autumn Wednesday night. To all of our guests tonight, we're going to give you a hand clap. We're so glad you're here tonight. We're so glad that you're here to all of our guests. To those that are watching online, unable to be here, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, enter in through the portal of Facebook or YouTube tonight and tune in to what God is doing. Thank you so much for uh, covering us in prayer this weekend. The Lord anointed and used us uh, mightily in Lawrence, uh, Indiana, and then in Anderson, Indiana, ministering in two different congregations on Sunday. Uh, and it was it was amazing. And then to receive the reports of what God did here in this house on Sunday was so gratifying and so uplifting. Uh, from the Sunday school lesson, Brother Dakota Guzman did a phenomenal job. And then Brother Dallas Jones delivered a word from the Lord. And this praise team, uh, all of our teams just... They, they operated in, in the spirit of excellence and it just goes to show you even when your pastor's away you can still have church and God be magnified but I'm going to tell you I'm glad to be back in the house of God into this house to preach tonight and teach to you the word of the Lord hallelujah it's first family I always enjoy these um, it's, it's my opportunity to just kind of preach, teach deliver some Uh, encouraging instructive words to you and tonight I feel like um, it will be just that instructive hopefully encouraging maybe a little convicting but that ain't never hurt anybody Joseph Malinas and I hope I'm saying his last name right Malinas in 1895 wrote this article the fence or the ambulance the fence or the ambulance twas a dangerous cliff as they freely confessed 
though to walk near its crest was so pleasant. But over its terrible edge there had slipped a duke and many a peasant. So the people said something would have to be done, but their projects did not at all tally. Some said, put a fence around the edge of the cliff, some an ambulance down in the valley. But the cry for the ambulance carried the day, for it spread to the neighboring city. A fence may be useful or not, it is true, but each heart become brimful of pity for those who had slipped o'er air that dangerous cliff and the dwellers in highway and alley gave pounds and gave pence not to put up a fence but an ambulance down in the valley for the cliff is all right if you're careful they said and if folks even if folks even slip or are dropping it isn't the slipping that hurts them so much as the shock down below when they're stopping so day after day when the mishaps occurred, quick forth would the rescuer sally to pick up the victims who fell off the cliff with their ambulance down in the valley. Then an old man remarked, it's a marvel to me that people give far more attention to repairing results than to stopping the cause when they'd be much better aim at prevention. Let us stop at its source, all this mischief, cries he. Come, neighbors and friends, let's rally. If the cliff we will fence, we might almost dispense with the ambulance down in the valley. Oh, he's a fanatic, the others rejoin. Dispense with the ambulance? Never. He'd dispense with all charities too if he could. No, no, we'll support them forever. Aren't we picking up folks just as fast as they fall? And shall this man dictate to us? Shall he? Why would people of sense stop to put up a fence while there's ambulance working in the valley? But a sensible few who are practical too will not bear with such nonsense much longer. They believe that prevention is better than cure. And their party will soon be the stronger. Encourage them then with your purse, voice, and pen. And while other philanthropists dally, they will scorn all pretense and put up a stout fence on the cliff that hangs over the valley. I hope that little poem, per se, kind of makes you pause for just a few moments to think the message of my or the title of my message tonight the fence or the ambulance a lot of times we go through life and we get an ambulance mentality or a reactionary mentality instead of looking and assessing what needs to be done in our family, we get content operating from the ambulance side of life when life could be much more enjoyable and much more pleasurable and much more productive if we operated with a fence mentality. Because if we prevented the falls, there would be no need for the ambulance in the valley. If we had strong fences upon the cliff, we wouldn't need an ambulance in the valley. I'm not sitting here or standing here tonight to, to tell you that there are not some benefits to having an ambulance per se in the valley. But I have come on this first family to hopefully instruct and encourage that God is calling for families, men and women, to construct fences in their homes and in their lives so that we can prevent needing as many ambulances in the valley. If you believe that, say amen. One of the most beautiful and poetic renditions found in the book of Isaiah chapter five gives us kind of a word picture as Isaiah would describe Israel to us. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. 
My beloved had the vineyard in a very fruitful hill. My beloved had a very, I'm going to read that again. My beloved had a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. But the next portion of scripture said, and he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it with the choicest vine and built a tower in the midst and also a wine press therein. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes. Now, with, with this scripture that I just read, Isaiah is speaking of the condition of Israel. But it also speaks of us today that, that, that the vineyard owner, he, he, he got this vineyard. It was in a very fruitful hill. But as any good vineyard owner should do, he put a fence around it. And when God places a, a soul in his vineyard, I believe he uses three main avenues of grace to work in our lives and to remove the stumbling stones of offense. I believe that he uses the word of God. Somebody say amen. He uses the spirit of God and he uses the man of God. It should be our desire to be tender-hearted before God, yielding always, yielding always to him that he can take out the stony parts of our heart taking out the, that, that selfish and that self-will, self that carnal nature, uh, taking the stones out because he believes there's a harvest inside of you. He believes there's potential inside of you. So he planted it, the Bible says, with the choicest vine. Jesus said, I am the true vine. Jesus himself is planted inside of us when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you still believe that, say amen. When we are born again of the water and spirit, Jesus Christ lives inside of us. So the vine now is birthed inside of us. We have Jesus living on the inside of us. So he put a tower in the midst. I'm dissecting this scripture and when the Bible says he put a tower in the midst, the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. When you are buried in Jesus' name, you establish a tower in your life. So the righteous can run in it and be saved. We receive his name in baptism and we are safe. The Bible says we're buried with him in baptism. We're buried with him. That's why when you go down in the watery grave, we baptize you in Jesus' name because we're being buried with him. Then it goes on to say he put wine presses therein. Whatever our needs are, there can be met by a deep experience with a spiritual grasp of God. Just as the wine press was within the midst of the garden, so are our answers not very far from any of us. Our, what we need is just at the reach of his word, just at the mention of his name. Answers that we need in this life, what we need in our family, are not very far from us. You see, the new wine we have received is the spirit of the almighty God, and it dwells within us. When they came out of that upper room in Acts chapter 2, they said these men must be drunk. And, and, and Peter would say, these are not drunken as ye suppose. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of his spirit will now dwell in you and it will lead you into all truth. Somebody say amen. I summarize all of that to say of all the things God did in his vineyard, the first thing he did was put a fence. We can, we can talk about all the other stuff, but why did he put a fence in the vineyard or around the vineyard? Did he fear the vineyard was gonna run off? No, vineyard can't run away. 
But here's what I feel. God fenced the vineyard in for two reasons. For protection or defensive purposes. The word defense or defense comes literally from the word fence. So when, when he put a fence around that vineyard, it was just letting everybody around them know, this is mine. I'm protecting what I've been entrusted with. So when you put a fence around something, you protect or defend that with a purpose in mind. Number two, when you put a fence around something, you declare ownership. This vineyard is mine. I'm going to protect it. And what he did was he just drew a line around what was his and said, I just want to go on notice and let everybody know this is my vineyard. I'm putting it around my family. I'm putting it around my vineyard. I'm putting it around everything that belongs to me. And that's what he did for Israel when he drew it with his law. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, now thereunto hearken Israel unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall be diminished aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Sounds like a fence to me. Verse number five, behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that ye should go in the land, whither ye go to possess it. The first thing God did when he brought Israel out was to begin teaching them statutes. He began to start putting his word inside of them. Why would he be so adamant about putting his word in them and basically retraining them and, and, and making them understand who they are? Why? Because they just come out of slavery. They just come out of slavery. They had a slave mentality. So slaves had to be taught, slaves had to be instructed, slaves had to be almost like deprogrammed and reprogrammed for who they were. It's kind of sounded like us. When we were born in sin, shaping in iniquity, we were slaves to our flesh. We were slaves to our carnal man. We were, we were of this world. So that's why God has put a man of God. That's why he's put the spirit of God. That's why he's put the word of God in you to lead and guide you and to put fences in your life. I'm trying to help us tonight. The first thing he did when he brought them out of Israel is to begin teaching them statutes. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, when you are born into this church, there ought to be something inside of you, an aggressive pursuit. I want to learn everything I can about the word of God, the attributes of God, the qualities of God, what's pleasing unto God, what's not pleasing unto God. Just start asking questions. God, what would be pleasing unto you? God, what would, you, what would be? You know, when you get the Holy Ghost uh, and when you're born again of the water and spirit, I know I sound like a broke record, but I'm trying to make a point in here. There's just some things you're gonna go to do and there's gonna be a Holy Ghost voice that says, you ought not do that. That's, that's not you anymore. You're a new creature in Christ. Don't, don't, don't try to fit back into that old man. And what you don't realize you're doing is you're putting fences around you. You're drawing some lines that you're never gonna cross back over and do again. There's a, lines of demarcation or guardrails, we can call it what, fences, guardrails, lines that we're putting and it's coming by the unction of the Holy Ghost. One thing I've never, I, I, I can honestly say, the, the Holy Ghost has never told me to do one thing that would go against the word of God. He's not, the Holy Ghost is not gonna tell you to willfully sin against his word. He's not gonna, he's just not gonna do it. 
the Holy Ghost is, he's leading you and guiding you into all truth. So, as the children of Israel was brought out of bondage, brought out of Egypt, the statutes that they obeyed became a fence around them. In regards to the scripture I just read, when the man purchased the vineyard, he put a fence around it, and then he got to work. He started dealing with the stones that was inside of the earth. He started dealing with the, the, the really the characteristics or the character of the land. It was in a fruitful hill, but it still had stones. It was in, he was in the right, he was at the right address, but he still had to deal with that old. Sometimes we're in the right place. We're in the right atmosphere, but there's still some stony areas of our heart that we get in a service like we are right now. And God's saying, I want to deal with that stony place. I want to get those stones out of you because I see that there is some fruit yet to be born in your life. You're going to be a productive vine. But it's going to be as a result of what happens after you put fences in your life. A lot of times we want fruit, but we don't want fence. But you can't have fruit without fences. You can't have fruit without fences. Because you're going to have scavengers that are going to come. You're even going to have them jump fences at certain ones. That's why you got you got to have a tower in the middle of it. And when they try to get over your fence and they try to sneak in the back door and they try to plant something in or, or try to come in right at harvest time, you got to be in your place of position, daddy, and say, not today. You've got to be on the wall in the tower looking and watching and saying, uh-uh, I've done work too hard over this vineyard. I've done sweated. You ain't having my babies. You're not, you're not going to get my babies. You're not going to get my baby. You're not going to get my children. This is my harvest. I refuse to let Hollywood rock our generation to sleep. I refuse to let the world come inside our vineyard and try to take this over at our most defining hour. Somebody say fences. Deuteronomy 4, 6 through 9 said, keep therefore and do them. Talking about the commandments. For this is your wisdom. You want to know where your wisdom comes from? It's out of your obedience to the word of God. When you obey the commandments of the Lord, when you obey the word of God, and you obey that little still small voice that's telling you to do right, there comes your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of nations because they were getting ready to go possess the promised land. They were going into a land of strange gods. They were going into a land where there was idol worship. They only knew here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. But they were fixing to go into a land where they, they served all manner of gods. They had groves and high places. They had everything imaginable they worshiped, but not this group of people. They serve Jehovah. They serve the Lord. And he's telling them, keep my commandments. Do what I've asked you to do. For in this, your wisdom and your understanding will be in the sight of nations. They're going to look at you and wonder, I don't know who you are, but there's something different about you. I don't know. I know you've been in Egypt, but, but something's transpired. You're not a slave that we've heard about. You're kingdom people. You're possessors of promises. You're just not anybody. Verse 6 goes on to say, which shall hear all these statues and say, <laughs> talking about the nations, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. They're not a bunch of dummies. For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them? Oh. Let, let me just interject this. When we have fences in our lives, when we have fences and we're obedient to the word of God, 
others around us will take notice. And they will say words like this. What nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? Go back up one verse. For what nation is so great who hath God so nigh unto them? You mean to tell me? God being nigh unto me is in direct proportion of my obeying him. That's what the word said. Who hath God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? Verse 9, only take heed to thyself. He's given the warning. And keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thy eyes have seen lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. In other words, God was speaking to Moses in this scripture, and he was telling them, there's going to come a day. You're going to get in the promised land, and you're going to get influenced by those around you. You're going to hear voices, and you're going to hear opinions, and you're going you're to see things that you had never seen before. But I'm trying to protect you, and I'm trying to instruct you. Take heed, children. Take heed to thy soul. Keep thy soul diligently. In other words, soul, you can inter interchange the soul with the mind. Keep your mind diligently, because that's where the enemy will play games with you. Keep your mind with all diligence, lest thou forget what you've seen. Not what you've heard only. What you've seen with your own eye. You saw us walk through the Red Sea. You saw manna come from heaven. You saw quail. You saw how the Egyptians suffered under the plagues and we were spared. You saw the mighty hand of God. You witnessed the cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. Don't you ever forget it. But the only way you will never forget it is that you take heed of thyself and don't you forget where you've come from. Don't let the word depart from thy heart. Teach it to the next generation. So let me help you. The deficiency that I see coming upon the apostolic church is our negligence many times of teaching what we've received to the next generation. Teaching what we've witnessed, the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the fences that have been erected in our lives. The enemy will reduce our thinking to say, well, I'm not going to make my kids do that. I, I, I'm not going to make that choice for them. I'm going I'm to let them make that choice. We're on dangerous ground because mom and daddy, God entrusted those children unto you. As long as they're under your roof, as long as they're under the voice of your influence, and even when they leave your house, they need to understand what you still believe. They need to hear out of your mouth, hear, O Israel, the, when they come in with a false doctrine and a false gospel, you know, that ain't what you were taught. Uh, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I don't care. I don't care. What your friends may say, I don't care what the school or the college, I don't care. That's not what we've been taught. That's a fence in my life. Gender distinction. Now more than ever, we better take a righteous stand on gender distinction where men dress and look like men and women dress and look like men. I'm seeing way too many men in dresses. See, I do do a little bit of traveling and I see way too many men walking in airports flaunting a dress. May there be a revival of old-fashioned holiness where there's a distinction of the sexes, where men are men, women are women. We're not bending nor bowing to this junk coming out of the White House and the halls of Congress. God created man and woman. He didn't make a mistake. If you were born a man, you're a man. And if you need to know the difference, we'll talk after service. 
It's real easy. It's real easy to tell. I'm talking about fences that are being destroyed. Because when you get this vomited down your throat 24-7 and you're hearing it and you're seeing it just, just vomiting on us, trying to get our mind. And what they're doing is trying to desensitize us. And what they're doing is trying to silence the pulpit. And if we go back a few years, this is where it all started. When the pulpits got silent and we stopped preaching it and we, start, we stopped talking about morality and righteousness and holiness, we stopped talking. That, those become taboo. I'm praying a revival of the fence. I thank God for an ambulance to pick us up when we fall. I thank God for an ambulance when we have a... But God help our families to put some fences up that we won't need as many ambulance rides to the hospital. We don't need to have that many ambulance rides to the hospital when we put our money and we put our time, we put our treasure in just a few fences. We can save ourselves a whole lot of trouble by saying no to a few things. We can save ourselves a whole lot of misery. No, you're not going to watch that movie. No, you're not listening to that music. I know this is old fact. No, you're not spending the night with that friend. No, you're not. No, no, you can't go there. You can't go to that party. I got the Holy Ghost inside of me. I got to protect what God's put. I got to protect my vineyard. You've only got one shot at this. We've only got one shot at this moment. And let me just tell you, some of us, and I say us, we did our, we, we did our best and we still, I didn't read this part of the scripture. The vineyard he put a fence around. There was some good grapes, but there was also some wild grapes. You can do your best and still some wild grapes come up. But don't quit keeping a fence. Don't quit being a guard around what God's invested in you. You, stick, you keep praying. You keep believing. You don't know when that prodigal's going to come back home. What I love about the story of the prodigal, the father never left the house. The father never threw away his robe. The father never got rid of the sandals. And the father never got rid of, rid of the ring. They were all there waiting on him when he came back. The house never changed. The house ought to look the same when they left as when they returned. The fences ought to be the same when they come back as when they left. We can't lower a fence to get a product. We can't lower a fence to get somebody to come back. No, 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 no. That's going to get us nowhere. But if we'll keep the righteousness and we'll keep the holiness and we'll keep the morality and we'll keep the godliness and keep a spirit of worship, God will bring them back in and it's going to look familiar. It's going to look familiar when they come back home. It's going to look like home. It ain't going to look like a vacation resort. Well, I guess, no, no, it looks like home. Let me tell you about a man. First of all, I'm trying to behave. Did you know barbed wire was one of the top ten inventions in the world? The Smithsonian Institute said, of all the inventions, printing press, light bulb, the barbed wire was in the top ten inventions because you don't understand the importance of a fence until you leave the east and go west and start trying to settle land. And you take cattle and you start establishing land in places and this is my place. These are my cows. Well, how do you know? They're in my fence. It was amazing. A 22-year-old boy, there were many versions afterwards, but a 22-year-old lad discovered barbed wire. And it was, it was deemed one of the top 10 inventions because it let all of the landowners and the pursuers coming in the new known world. That don't belong to me. Somebody's here. This belongs to somebody. 
That's his cattle. That's his sheep. That's his horses. It set boundaries and it set guidelines to operate and do business by. The danger is when we don't have fences. There's no lines of demarcation. There's no lines of demarcation. Fences not only keep in what we tre- keep in what we treasure. It keeps out what may harm us. I read this story this afternoon. Story of a pastor was purchasing a piece of property in the country where he had placed sheep, where he had to place some sheep. When he bought the small flock, a few goats were also thrown in by the seller. And at the time, the pastor thought it was a kind gesture, but soon realized why the goats were free. Remember, nothing's ever really free, even in fireworks. In the middle of his property, some of y'all caught that. In the middle of his property, in the middle of his property, he fenced off an area and put up a shelter with food and water for his flock. One morning he came back to check on them and found they had broke through the fence and were grazing beyond its perimeters. He found the breach, repaired it, and managed to get them all back inside. The next day the animals were out again, not far away, just a few feet outside the fence. And he thought to himself that there must be something that they want and need So he enlarged the fence border just enough to include the area where the sheep and the goats had been grazing. He said to himself, now you'll be happy. This is what you wanted. When he came back the following day, there were again outside the fence. Not far, just beyond the bounds that he thought would make them happy. He repaired the breach and once more herded them all back inside only to come back another day and find them outside. He enlarged the fence yet once more saying, okay, this is where you want to be. The fence is now big enough to accommodate your desire. But the next day they were outside the fence again. Through this process he realized that it was the goats that were the real instigators of these breakouts and understood why they had been given to him for free. The property where he kept his flock were surrounded on all sides by a fence and dirt roads. The fence surrounding the property obviously had little ability to keep the sheep and goats in. And the pastor was frustrated and tired of the animals constantly getting out. He figured there would be nothing appealing in the road for them to eat. And would therefore probably be safe enough. So he removed the inner fence completely. His attitude was, all right, go ahead. You have the whole field. I'll let you do whatever you want. I know they can get through the main fence. I know they can't. Sorry. I know they can get through the main fence, but why would they want to? They'll be all right. Early one morning, he received a phone call from a neighboring farmer. He said, preacher, you better get down here you got a mess on your hands. A pack of wild dogs came through last night and has slaughtered your flock. When the pastor arrived on the scene, he found every sheep and every goat dead. Their stomachs and throats had been ripped out and the carnage was gruesome. The dogs didn't, didn't even eat them. They just killed them. As he stood there in the midst of the blood and the gore looking at his slaughtered flock, The Lord spoke to him these words. Fences are not just to keep things in. They also keep some things out. You want to know why we fast and pray? You want to know why we're faithful to the house of God? I'm crucifying this flesh. And every time I fast and every time I pray and every time I read that word, I'm I'm making that fence just a little bit higher. Because if I don't get my flesh under, you don't have enough blood in your veins to satisfy your flesh. I don't care how much you try. 
It's like a drug addict chasing the next high. You'll never get what you got the first time. And you'll spend the rest of your life chasing it until you are literally a vagabond. That's why I'm preaching tonight on first family. Us as families, we better take priority on fences. It's okay to say some things inside of your home we are not doing. We are not going. We are not watching. And be careful, young people. There's some goats in your school that'll try to introduce your innocent mind to something you have no business being introduced to. You remember those two goats in this story? They were the one breaking. Those two goats ended up costing those innocent sheep's lives. Now, it wasn't, all, it wasn't the sheep's fault. Understand that. The owner should have kept the fence up. But I'm just telling you, your parents can't go with you everywhere you go. They can't be in the halls of your school everywhere. They can't be at the locker. They can't be in the bathroom. They can't be places of secrecy. And you've got a peer trying to get you to look at something on their cell phone. Why don't you send me a Snapchat? It's going to disappear in a few seconds. You just thought it disappeared. There's a digital footprint that connects you to that forever. Well, just send me a picture. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a goat spirit that would love to attack our young people. It, but I need mamas and daddies standing with me as a pastor. I'm preaching righteousness, but do you get in the car and say, we're not going to do that in our home? Am I saying one thing and then when you go home, you parent by a different set of rules? We've got to join this thing together and say, I'm in the fence building business. I, 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 I can't afford another, I can't afford another mistake. I'm in the fence building. I need you to have the back of this pulpit. I need, as long as I'm preaching truth and I'm trying to put a, a standard or a fence around us of protection. I want to lay my head on my pillow knowing pastor's put this in place. Pastor has said this. Pastor is instructing this to protect. You may not agree, but there's a blessing in obedience. I'm sure the children of Israel didn't understand all the statutes and all the laws and all the commandments, but their blessing came in obedience. We're not called to understand it all, but we are called to obey it all. Because this is what's going to judge us. This is what we're going to stand before God with. I want him to stand. I want him to open the books. And be known to have done this. A lot of standards I set for this church. A lot of things I do. It may not be black or white in the word of God. It's going to get real quiet right now. But there are principles in the word of God that cause us to have a standard or a fence to protect us. This ain't rocket science. Some of the standards that we do, some of the things we don't do, it's a fence. It's just a fence. Could you do it and still make it? You might could. But what if, that, what if that that you're wanting to do and wanting to entertain and wanting to play with, what if it leads to something bigger? And then something bigger. But if you'd have just stopped at the fence, you wouldn't need an ambulance. We're going to roll the ambulances down and we're going to be there. We're going to love you. We're going to restore you. But all the years that could be wasted, the turmoil, the nightmares, the trouble, the pain, the divorce, if I'd have just kept that fence up, if I'd have just kept that fence up, all these, because it, it's the easiest thing to do is to let one fence down. That's the easy thing. Then you break out again. I didn't get away, for, I didn't get away with it then. Or I got away with it then, didn't get caught. I didn't get caught this time. I didn't get caught this time. And before long, You're so far from where you were. This, this is not easy for your pastor to preach. When I teach modesty, when I teach godliness, when I teach principles from the word of God. Principles. 
It's to protect us. It's to, it's to reel our flesh in. It's to reel our desires. Because if you follow this, it'll lead you to destruction. It'll lead you. How you know? Such were some of us. I stand before you with a heavy heart tonight. I don't want to have to dial 911 for an, for an ambulance. I'd rather, die. I'd rather pray with us at an altar of prayer. I'd rather see tears flow down your face in repentance and say, you know what? Come on home. Come on back to the Father. Come on back in relationship. Come on back to your rightful place. Sit at the top. This is your seat. This is where you belong. Let's handle it now. Let's start building fences so we don't need ambulances. Let's build fences now so we don't need urgent care. Stand to your feet. Mamas, daddies, I commend you today. I stand here tonight literally with a heavy heart because it's hard to preach like I'm preaching tonight. It's hard. It's hard. I'm preaching with a burden. I'm thankful tonight. I have two of my children in this house. One leading worship, one in the media booth running slides. I'm thankful tonight. Don't you ever think for one moment every day I wake up, I don't pray for my son. And until you've lived it, you don't understand. You don't understand. I have to stand and preach what I preach. And I'm like, what did I do wrong? Did I let a fence down? Was I too merciful? Was I too lenient? Should have been tough. Tried to learn from the first parent through the third. Tried to remain faithful. Our kids walked the halls of Hartsell High School. Living for God. To the, were they perfect? No, they made mistakes. But I look at them now and I look. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for a church that loved. I'm thankful for a church that didn't give up. And I see your children and I see them sitting here and I see them worshiping God. And we've weathered some storms together. We've had to take some ambulance rides with you. But oh God, it's a whole lot funner to put fences up than to take ambulance rides. It's a whole lot easier to say no to some things than to have to deal with the repercussion of letting a fence down. Letting a fence down. I'll say it again and I'm closing. There's not enough blood in your body. There's not enough blood flowing in your veins to satisfy your flesh. There's not. I just want to open this altar up. We can just stand at this altar. Some of you, some of, I know there's a dad, mom, guardian. You just want to come and you just want to stand around this, around this front. Oh. I know it's Wednesday, but I wouldn't feel right ending a service without making some pledges to some fences in my life I saw some Facebook posts this week I saw a mother I would not embarrass them but I saw a mother publicly say on Facebook told her son that they would not be going to see a film or a movie on public domain on public Facebook I saw a person say to their child and it was basically a post Declaring, we're not going to do this. Oh, the righteous, not self-righteous, but the enemies tried to silence the voice of the church. The enemies tried to silence the voice of righteousness. And the enemies tried to rock our souls to hell. But if we could just rise to the occasion... One man and one woman, one family 
could look at their lives and look at their families and walk into your home tonight and do a little inventory. That's got to get out of here. That's got to go. We're getting this out of our house. We're, uh, we're not watching. We're, I know I've been repetitive, but we learn by repetition. Do an inventory of some things. Uh, put some filters on our phones. Put some things Put some things in our lives that say, you know what? As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. As for me and my house, we're not going to pat it. I'm not going to do all we do and do it half-hearted. Why? Why do this and do it have? No, no, no. We're going to get our spirits right. We're going to, if we need to ask God to forgive us, repent tonight. If we need to admit we, we've been wrong and I've allowed you to do some things that you shouldn't have done. I've allowed you to go, repent. But then set some things in order. We ain't doing this anymore. We're going to start some new things. We're going to start some new traditions. We're going to start some new. When we do this, God begins to put things back in order. God begins to lay some foundational stones. And we start seeing some things happen. My heart is so heavy tonight for prodigals. There's mamas and daddies along with my, myself and my wife. We stand tonight broken. I stand with the good grapes and there's some wild grapes. But I have a promise. We're planted in a fruitful hill. I planted in a fruitful hill. And God, you're going to restore unto us. You're going to bring unto us. You're going to save. You're going to deliver. You're going to break the chains of bondage. Would you just right now in your own way lift your voice? If you're standing next to your husband or wife, would you just take their hand? Or if you're standing with your children, just start praying. Lord, I'll never walk away. 
I pray in the divine order, the husband submitted to God, the wife submitted to the husband, and the children submitted to mom and dad. I pray a divine order would be established in every home. Man, I'm challenging us tonight. Let there be a hot pursuit in our lives for the things of God. For the ways of God. And as you lead, as you lead, I believe your wife will follow. And as mom and dad lead in unity with this, with, with the word of God and with the man of God and with the spirit of God, there will be a togetherness. There will be a unity. There will be, we would be a force that cannot be reckoned with. God, as we move through this last end time age before the rapture of the church, Lord, we cannot afford to play games. We can't afford to play games. But God, I come against every spirit of condemnation that would try to condemn us because we may have made a few mistakes. We may have done a few things that we shouldn't have done or did do or didn't do. But tonight, we're settling some things in our spirit and getting back into the vineyard. And as with any good rancher, and we have several in here, every once in a while, Brother Sparks, you have to get some hammer nails and you, Brother Tanner, you got to walk around that fence got to ride your ranger around you just got to inspect it got to bring a little dirt in and show bring a few rocks around the edges it's kind of washed out a little bit weather years not taking for granted that the fence will always be like you put it in the ground to be trials tribulation tree fall catastrophe it, different things can happen in your life and if you're not careful the fence gets damaged and that's where I feel tonight God's calling us let's do some fence inspections let's get our fences mended let's get our let's get our callings and our giftings and let's let's get our hands to the plow and let's get back into the vineyard and let's reap the harvest. Let's reap the grapes, this end time harvest and allow our influence and our hands to be in the harvest. In Jesus' name. Our ushers will have baskets on the, on the platform. I failed to mention, I've seen him come. He may have already left. Uh, Brooks. Uh, Brooks and Sister Lindsay have been sick and I want us to pray I don't see her she may have stepped in or... I want us to pray right now Brooks has been real sick and Sister Lindsay's been real sick and I want us to close tonight praying for them Father in the name of Jesus I pray upon the authority of your word that you would send healing into their bodies strengthen to them this night God Lord, I pray against ear infections, against fever, God. I pray all of this would be behind them, and God, they would have a great weekend. And it's for your glory and your honor. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Shake someone's hand. If you see us, somebody you haven't never met before, won't you introduce yourself? 
We'll see you Sunday morning right here, 10 o'clock Sunday school, 11 o'clock worship. Just one more second. A 10 o'clock service Sunday. I'm so sorry to stop your fellowship. You don't want to miss 10 o'clock Sunday school Sunday. Sister Ball will be speaking in our 10 o'clock Sunday school hour. And her husband, Brother Matthew Ball, will be speaking in the 11 o'clock service. Get here at 10 o'clock. She is mightily used of the Lord in ladies' ministry and speaking. And uh, we're going to be blessed by her ministry from 10 to 1045. So be here 11 o'clock. Pastor Matthew Ball will be ministering. God bless you.